This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, we're back at you. Hour two on a great day for talk radio. Otherwise, it's uh, dank and dazzletory, and it's not really good for the GM folk in Oshawa or anybody who's, uh, you know, obviously going to be impacted by that. We've been talking about it, as has everyone else, and uh, this is devastating news. That's the word that's being applied over and over and over again. Direct quote from the Premier. Jerry Diaz was just with us. We're going to be talking to his predecessor, Buzz Hargrove, in a moment, and uh, then we'll get around to our panel and topics worthy of discussion. The other one that Donnie Mitchell was bringing up, first-time shoplifters won't be charged by Toronto Police, this pilot project uh, that will be uh, played out in 51 and 52 Division right downtown, south of Bloor, from Spadina in the west uh, to the Don River. If you're caught for the first time by a theft prevention officer, they'll take down some particulars and... uh, maybe relay it to the cops, but you're not going to be charged. Does that make sense? They say it's working in Peel region. I like that, though. Theft prevention officer. I believe that's a euphemism for store owner with a baseball bat. Uh, We'll have to see how impactful that might be. All right. The impact is being felt by the folks in Oshawa who work at GM and uh, in the surrounding environs, obviously, has economic Uh, ramifications, but Jerry Diaz was rather emphatic that there are ways that they can fight this, the union can fight this against GM. Let's see what his predecessor, Buzz Hargrove, has to say on the matter, the former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers. Buzz, good to have you here on the show. How are you this afternoon? I'm great, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we just talked to Jerry Diaz, and he said, uh, you know, they're going to go medieval here, uh, basically try to mobilize the troops in a show of solidarity and ask the UAW, their uh, brethren there in the states if they would shut down plants and really get gm's attention so that they wouldn't be playing fast and loose with plants here in oshawa or warren ohio or warren michigan do you think that's a good strategy well uh, the first point i want to make is uh, the whole thing is uh, is created by the hypocrisy of general motors who just recently just a few months ago signed a new agreement that guaranteed there'd be no closures, even outsourcing of major operations over the next four years. And all of a sudden, they wake up in the middle of the night, uh, nobody knows about it, and, uh, and announce that they're, uh, they're going to close the uh, Oshawa facility. There's no logic to it. It's, uh, it's unfair uh, as hell to the workers, and it's a betrayal of the relationship. Uh, through collective bargaining with the union. Now, the reaction of the union, I think, has been appropriate. They're saying we're not going to accept uh, GM doing this without a fight, uh, and we're going to try and, uh, and bring our, our uh, friends in the UAW into it as well because they're impacted, which I didn't know last night when I first commented on this. I thought it was just Oshawa. But uh, then I learned today there's a number of U.S. operations that are impacted by this. Funny, you know, both uh, uh, the workers in the U.S. or workers in Canada, the governments from both countries pumped a pile of money into bailing out GM. Uh, Mexico didn't put a penny in, but yet it seems like they're going to be the winners here. There's going to be no uh, closures, at least they haven't announced any at this point. Well, and Buzz Hargrove is with us, past president of the Canadian Auto Workers, talking about the situation there in Oshawa. When the plant says, this is GM, corporate office, the actions we're taking today continue our transformation to be highly agile, resilient, and profitable while giving us the flexibility to invest in the future. They say uh, it's an evolutionary thing. They're setting themselves up for production of autonomous vehicles down the road, uh, electric cars as well. And so they're shape-shifting, and uh, they need some money to do that, but they also uh, believe that there is obsolescence in the current model 
do you accept that? I, 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 I watch uh, the auto industry very carefully, John, and there has been a shift in c- consumer uh, preference, not so much to electric vehicles or uh, autonomous uh, uh, driving uh, vehicles, but there has been a big shift to uh, minivans and, and SUVs and trucks uh, and all of that. Well, there's nobody in the world builds those vehicles any better than we do. And if you're if you're going to uh, start out and say we want to rebuild uh, the company into a smaller company and more profitable, the one place that makes sense to do that is to put your money where the people are really committed and have been for many many years. They've the Oshawa workers have won more awards over the years and all of G- GM's North American plants. Uh, put together outside of that. Uh, So for them to make those kind of arguments is simply uh, uh, covering up what is a a story that we have not yet been able to figure out why they're doing this. Well, then is it the general nature of capitalism that uh, the money flows to its point of least resistance? And if the wage component is too high in Canada or even the States, the unionized workforce, they're going to Mexico, and that's just the nature of the beast. We saw a big shift of production in parts uh, to Mexico. Some uh, production, from, but mostly from offshore uh, manufacturers and the assembly of vehicles, both uh, cars, SUV, uh, trucks, minivans, uh, etc. But no, the logic uh, uh, that if you follow what's happened, uh, it's been quite, uh, quite, uh, quite the opposite. It's not. It's not been. That has not been the reason. Our problem has been the loss of market share to manufacturers offshore in, in uh, uh, Japan, and you and I have talked about this many, many times in Japan, South Korea, and now China, uh, the European community. We just signed a deal with the European community that's going to have countries like uh, Romania and Bulgaria and all of these countries that are their, their wages are actually lower than than um, uh, Mexico in relationship to their to their standard uh, of living, and they're all now uh, players. So you can't deal with them by saying we're going to be more competitive by closing down more plants. All you do, and I said this to uh, uh, the former head of uh, General Motors, uh, when they were closing plants before and throwing people out of work, offering in retirement incentives to people, I said all you're doing is buying yourself more debt uh, for the future. And there's no plan. I've never seen a business plan that shows by cutting and closing plants, throwing people out of work, and giving people bonuses to retire has meant you're going to be able to turn the company around. Quite the opposite. Again, with Buzz Hargrove. Well, you know, Donald Trump has been promoting protectionism, and uh, even with the USMCA, this is the uh, successor to NAFTA, he's... uh, cobbled together a deal where apparently it was supposed to be good for the unions. The unions were on side. There's got to be 75%. I think uh, the product has to be union made uh, a certain quota from 62.5%. So uh, why wouldn't that be beneficial to the folks in places like Oshawa? Well, initially, uh, the union said that they thought that would help, but in parts production and the production of parts that would normally, uh, uh, the investment would go to Mexico, they'd be forced to put that into Canada or the U.S. And we're still a low-cost producer between Canada and the U.S. uh, in the automotive parts uh, production area. But this here flies in the face of all of that. There's no logic to it. Uh, Initially, I thought it was Trump uh, demanding that GM uh, meet his uh, requirements as opposed to their uh, shareholders. But after I heard the full story this morning, 
and then it doesn't seem that way. It just seems that it's GM, uh, you know, the craziness of a job. Just before I retired in 08 from the union, uh, they closed the most productive, high-quality, profit-making truck plant that they had throughout the GM chain in Oshawa. Just recently, a few months ago, they've opened up production of trucks. They put it into the, one of the car assembly plants, but they're the same trucks, the Silverado and the Sierra, that they were building when they closed that plant. In spite of the logic to the opposite, uh, they're going to they're going to uh, now one more time close it again. Well, uh, maybe part of the logic is GM shares are up five percent today. What do you make of that? Well, I noticed that the thing. That's the only positive thing for anybody is the investors. Uh, as shares are up. Uh, by five percent, but boy, that's not great news for workers and their families in uh, in the community of Oshawa and Durham region. No, but that's the nature again of uh, capitalism, if you will, uh, protecting the shareholders' investment. And if the uh, workforce is decimated in places like Oshawa, it's nobody's happy about that, except it's that the. Only, sh- it's, it's, it's only if you accept that there's nothing you can do. Instead of Doug Ford saying today that there's nothing we can do, GM told us straight up that they don't want any money, they're closing uh, uh, that facility. And I would have said, well, uh, Mr. General Motors, why are you going to sell your trucks? Ontario and Alberta happen to be the biggest purchasers of North, in North America of any jurisdiction that buy GM, Sierra, and Silverados. They still have to sell them. Uh, and if the government says that they got no tools to use, it means they don't understand the tools or don't have the political courage to use them. Well, then tell me exactly what those tools are and how you would use them if you were in charge. I would be very clear with General Motors. If you close Oshawa, uh, if you don't put reinvestment uh, in Oshawa, after all the government has done for you and the workers and the communities, uh, then we're not going to allow you to sell your products in uh, in our jurisdiction. And I'd engage, instead of engaging uh, Saskatchewan and... and uh, uh, some of the other provinces to uh, support him on attacking the federal government. I'd engage those provinces to say the same thing, because, boy, do they sell a lot of uh, half-ton trucks that GM produces in Saskatchewan. Would that even be legal, Buzz? It, it, does it matter? Well, it's, illegal. It's, legal. <laughs> it's legal, John, for, for General Motors to take away the livelihoods of the workers and their families and and huge, huge hit to the community in terms of its tax base and to the province of Ontario. And and, and, and for us to just say, well, that's okay, uh, GM, you can do whatever you want uh, to us and we'll just turn the other cheek. Never believed in that in my life. Well, no, I just found that rather interesting that you would say uh, basically we would shut out a product line. Now, I don't know if the market would maybe march across the border or even if that's permissible because there'd be duties coming in uh, and that might create another issue of its own. Buzz, Japan's been doing it for years. They've shut everybody out of their market for years. If you look back 25 years or 30 even, less than 3% of vehicles sold in Japan are made in Japan. Now, don't tell me that's because Japanese people don't want to buy something different, don't want to buy something that looks different than what they build in their own country. It's because they won't allow them. They won't let them in the country. They use all kinds of excuses, all kinds of of, uh, uh, different uh, 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 non-tariff ways uh, to deal with it. But at the end of the day, the Japanese workers still have the jobs, and they still ship over 
over a million vehicles into North America every year. Buzz, do you think there uh, should be maybe concessions granted by the union or uh, more uh, bailouts offered by the government? Well, firstly, the, the, the company's not asking for either right. uh, bailouts by the government or concessions by the union. If it was that simple, if it was something uh, that you could look at and say, well, this makes sense, uh, then uh, both uh, parties, I'm sure, the provincial and federal government and our union would would be looking at it. But, boy, the workers in Oshawa have done so much uh, for GM over the last 15 or 20 years that they got uh, a great uh, a leadership uh, down there today. I know the chairman well, Doug. He's been around for many, many years. He knows his way. He knows how to get things done. He's done it. He worked very hard to get the truck plant reopened or the truck production back in the uh, plant down there. And so those folks know what they're doing, and uh, they'll they'll deal. But GM is just saying, hey, we. As Doug Ford uh, so eloquently put it, uh, the ship has left the dock. Well, I'm sorry. I would tell uh, 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 the company, well, you better turn her around, put her back into the dock so we talk. How the hell is the company uh, that's taken so much government support, so much worker support, and just tell us, too bad, uh, so sad, we're leaving? All right. Uh, well, you know, Justin Trudeau had uh, forgiven this loan, I guess, that was outstanding, and uh, nobody knows exactly how much or uh, to whom at GM it was I don't, I don't understand it that way, John. My understanding was both the provincial and federal government had a number of shares in both GM and Chrysler following the bailout of 2009. Uh, and uh, they simply sold those shares, and they didn't hold them. Uh, probably that 5% would have made them a small fortune if they kept the shares a while longer. But they sold the shares before they were able to get full value from them. Right. But again, I say the investment they put into jobs and the taxes that they've gotten back from those jobs at GM and Chrysler since that time have more than paid the, uh, the, the support the government uh, gave them. But the fact that they gave it to them when they needed it, uh, is critical or should be in the thinking of the new GM uh, management. They don't seem to care about uh, anything except their own uh, uh, salaries and bonuses and their shareholders. Well, you know, uh, I like that idea that, you know, shut out uh, any kind of foreign product coming into the market or including General Motors product if you would put a boycott on that. You know, we should do that with Saudi oil coming into the Irving refinery in New Brunswick as well, don't you think, to protect the oil industry out in Alberta? offered to step in and do something mm. for the oil industry, but they got a big debate between the top executives in the oil industry. Uh, some want the government to intervene, but a whole lot of other folks don't want them to uh, intervene. So there's still, there's still uh, people who are reluctant to recognize that there's a different world out there than the one we play in, and the rules are set almost on a daily basis by uh, companies working uh, with their governments in other parts of the world. All right. Uh, well, Buzz, I'll let you go on that. I just wanted to throw that into uh, somehow be provocative that industries, you know, in general, there are a lot of them that are being hurt. And uh, when it comes to picking winners and losers, we don't necessarily uh, see some being above others or being preferential, do we? You should, you should always pick those uh, sectors that are contributing the most to your economy. Nobody should be, no, everybody should take a lesson from Asia and, and uh, some of the other countries, including Trump. Uh, more recently, who's saying we're going to defend those 
uh, corporations to put money into our economy and create jobs. Uh, that be it. Oh man, I just wait for the day that some uh, politician in Canada uh, would stand up and make that statement. And they don't have to use it every day, John. All I have to know is that the tools there, uh, the other uh, players, the other governments around the world, and know it could be used and would be used by the government. You'd find a very different attitude in dealing with with our players. All right. Well, you know, uh, I'll leave you on that positive note. You said something nice about Trump, which has convinced me we're living in end times. Uh, So I'll let you go, Buzz, and we'll see you here Wednesday. Can I take that back? No. (laughs) All right. Buzz Hargrove, former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers, on this matter of the news that Oshawa is reeling from. And so we'll come back, pick up on that as a talking point, too, with our panel. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.